Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Utah Film Pod. It's a great September day. My name is Josh Terry. I'm here with Danny Hatch, and uh, we've got some movie stuff to talk about. How are we doing, Danny? We're doing great. We're alive. We're surviving. Everything's <laughs> Which, good. <laughs> is it is it that drastic? Is it is it that is it the first alive and surviving? That's that suggests a time of stress. No, I just I don't know. It got me thinking because like we're recording this a little earlier on in the day than usual, and my dad for a little while like um, got some advice from like some work conference thing when you get up. You should like stand up, move your arms, and be like, "I'm awake, I'm alive, and I feel great." So for some reason, that's in my <laughs> head right now. <laughs> no, I I hear you. It's it is a little, you know. Obviously, you know, we have other things going on in our lives, and that's kind of why some of this stuff gets shuffled around. Yeah. This this actually reminds me of when I you know, was teaching through Zoom a little while ago, and even though I was on Zoom, because of course the joke is like, "Oh, if you're on Zoom, you like you don't have to get dressed. You can you can put a like a shirt and tie on, but you're still wearing shorts or something." and and I would still like put on shoes just because having shoes on, I felt like I'm taking things seriously. Is that, is that, oh, too, that's like, you know what I mean? So you could wear shorts, but if you had your shoes on, you were set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, and, and, and maybe the reason I'm thinking of this is because I am not wearing shoes right now because it's so early oh, in the morning. Wow. <laughs> you don't take our podcast seriously. So, you yeah, heard so, it here, folks. Right, so if there is a lack of, if you sense a lack of professionalism with this episode, it's because I am currently barefoot. So uh, we'll see if that, we'll see if that makes, maybe, maybe it'll improve it. Maybe this will be, have to be the new, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things go. Well, we'll just retitle our podcast to Barefoot with Josh. Oh, and I'm sure that would, that would greatly. That's like in a whole new audience. I was going to say, that might be, I don't know where that would go. <laughs> I almost, I'm not sure I want to know where that's going to go. No. Oh dear. Uh. But uh, but it but it is a it is a busy and crazy time, right? So true. What uh, what's what's going well? What's going on in the news? Well, honestly, even less than we had last week or last time. Oh no. Yeah, there's just still that September lull and everything. So the only thing that I've got written down is that uh, Vanex is going on right now. Uh, we're recording this September 17th. Hopefully this will be out close to then so you could still have a day to check out uh, the Salt Lake City Vanex. Or just, or just reflect on your recently formed memories of, of fond experiences in downtown Salt Lake City. <laughs> That's true. If you guys have any experiences, please uh, leave them in comments below. We'd love to hear about them. Uh, you've had some yeah. interesting experiences, right? I, I have. Well, and we, you know, we kind of started talking about this last time. Yeah. And, and it's still something that I think about quite a bit because, you know, I mean, it is a fairly significant event as far as, you know, yearly opportunities go that are, that are movie related and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, yet there's also kind of the feeling like, ah, I've kind of done that a couple times. And when I've gone back, it's, it's mostly the same thing. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, if you, if you have, you know, different celebrities that you'd like to see. In fact, I think, uh, of course, I'm sure I'm going to blank on his name as I'm thinking about this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, from, from Cobra Kai, uh, the one who played Johnny Lawrence, uh, uh, Billy Zabka mm -hmm. was going to be one of the guests. And I noticed that and thought, oh, that might be kind of fun to go meet him. But, yeah. you know, it, it does, it, it almost seems like from the perspective of the standard, uh, 
attendee, the question of attending is, is there anyone there I want to see slash meet slash purchase an autograph mm-hmm. slash so many slashes photo from, you know, yeah. it's either that or it's the opportunity to, you know, the, to the cosplay stuff. And, and so, yeah. And, and obviously with, you know, the other stuff I have going on right now, plus the lack of incentive, I, I decided not to go, mm-hmm. not to attend, yeah. um, which is, which is not to say that I have not had very interesting experiences in the past that might be worth still giving it a, a future try here and there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, well, we've, I've had a lot of bizarre celebrity encounters over the years. Um, not just, not just through fan conventions, but through a variety of, uh, you know, just kind of everyday encounters. And Interesting. So it's not even like yeah. an occupational hazard sort of thing. No, no. I mean, part of it is that obviously, I mean that, you know, yeah. once, once I started doing more of this kind of thing, those, those opportunities started, you know, to kind of multiply, but, but even, even previous to that, you know, I would just kind of seem to have, it seemed like, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just that the nature of running into a celebrity in quote unquote real life is just inherently bizarre because you're taking something that you, you're accustomed to seeing a person. It's, it's kind of like, when you when you're in the third grade and you see your teacher at the grocery store, you're, just, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, you're true. not supposed to be here. This is weird. This is my you know this is my no, non school world. And why are you here in this? Yeah. And and so, you know, but that it does it does seem like as I go down the list of different celebrities I've run into in in whatever context, they always seem to be just a little bit awkward, a little bit weird. And and one of the one of my first ones it's this is actually a twofer because it involves two different celebrities yeah so years ago uh 2007 my sister and i went to the san diego comic-con like the original big you know Mm comic-con and one of the things i really liked about it and this might also be kind of a a criticism of the current state of things um one of the things i really liked was that your your price of admission basically entitled you to free autographs from a certain range of guest celebrities. So, because you know how you go to, you go to FanX and they have like the big celebrity area, right? And there's all mm-hmm. the curtains around and everybody's kind of got their own little booth. Well, so, yeah. and, and I honestly, I don't know if this is still the policy in, in San Diego or not, but when I went in 2007, the policy was any of those f- official guests were obligated to give you a free autograph. Huh. which was kind of crazy when you think about how much people are paying for them now, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'd love that at, at FanX yeah. for sure. And so, yeah, so there was this, you know, kind of this who's who, you know, of, of varying degrees of celebrity and stuff. And, yeah. and I just kind of took my program around and got a half dozen. I think I, I met, like, uh, Boomer from Battlestar Galactica and, oh, and uh, jo- Joni from Happy Days and, you know, just different different little little, you know, examples of kind of pop culture figures. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was just something about this, you know, there was some kind of a 1970s theme apparently that year, but uh, <laughs> um, the one, but, but this is, but this is what tripped me up though. This is where, this, this is where things get kind of funny is they had kind of the, the product floor part of the, you know, the convention where it was businesses promoting their, you know, figures and drawings and posters and you know just kind of the the merchandise area Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And and of course there were a bunch of celebrities scattered through that area as well. And one of them was David Prowse, who, you know, I some of our listeners might not know. He was he was the body of Darth Vader, right? So James Earl Jones was yeah. the voice of Darth Vader, David Prowse was the body. And so I thought, oh cool, I'll go get David Prowse's autograph, right? And so so I just kinda wait in the little line or whatever and I don't I'm not even sure there was a line. And I you know, I give him my program and he he signs and it's like you know to josh you know david prouse the real darth vader or something like that and and, uh and then and then he goes you can pay the lady over there and just kind of you know indicates to his to his left somebody at a, a cashier you know little cashier stand and i'm thinking pay what you know um i thought i thought this was free you're you're at Comic-Con. You're you're one of the guests of Comic-Con. And as it turns out, what I didn't realize was that there were like the official guests who were in mm. kind of like that that special area, but then anybody who was affiliated with, you know, some third-party, you know, uh vendor that you sucks. actually would have to pay them. Oh, <laughs> and no. so I'm, so I'm like, "Oh no." And and it was $30. Yeah. And yeah. You know, bless his heart, not not what I want to pay thirty dollars for for a, a random little David Prowse <laughs> autograph on the corner of my uh, program. Yeah. And so, and of course, me being me, like I wasn't gonna like, how wow, this is you know. And so I okay, well, fine. It's I, I kind of wish I had known that because I either wouldn't have done it or I would have had him sign like some nice eight by ten that I could frame that might oh, make it a, yeah. little, a little more worth it, right? Yeah. And so I kind of I begrudgingly go over and okay, pay the thirty dollars and uh, and so having learned that, my sister and I are now aware, right? It's like okay, yeah. well I guess this was just kind of a rookie mistake, and we go to um, uh, we're just you know so we're continuing on mm-hmm. through the the convention, and we see Lavar Burton, and it's like oh it's you know it's. Reading Rainbow Guy, Jordy LaForge, you know, <laughs> we should go. That's awesome. Let's go. Let's go meet. Let's go meet LeVar Burton. Yeah. Because he's just kind of hanging out. But he's he's also at one of these third-party vendor booths. And so now we're thinking, okay, but you know what? We're not going to ask him for his autograph because we don't want to get stuck paying a bunch of money for a bunch of random autographs. Oh, yeah. And so instead, we come up to him and, you know, we meet him like, hey, LeVar, you know, it's good, good to meet you. Can we get a picture with you? And he's like, sure, that'll be $10. And we're just, <laughs> come on! <laughs> so, and so, uh, yeah, it's so like, oh, and then, but you could, you could, then you're in this situation where it's like, oh, well, never mind, right? You can't, you can't just, oh, we don't like you that much. We'll see you later, dude. You know, <laughs> we don't, we don't want to be rude, but instead it's like, okay, well, how about we get the picture together so it's just like five bucks each for me and my so my sister and I can yeah. split it. Yeah. And so now so now we have in our family archive, we have this photo of my sister and I with LeVar Burton. <laughs> that you know, our our only our only memory of of that encounter was just him charging ten dollars for the opportunity to to get a photo with him. Oh, and, goodness. and I don't know, because like, I, I feel I feel very kind of torn on the whole thing because, like, I understand that especially when 
you might not have had some meteoric career where you're making millions per film and all this kind of thing. You know, you got to mm-hmm. find a way to pay the bills. True. But at the same time, a lot of these people did make a lot of money. And, and so it's like, really? Do you really have to charge for these little, these little things? And, and of course now, and that's, that's why I say I think this is kind of relevant to our FanX discussion is that, you know, I mean, $10 is dirt cheap for, you know, to get a photo for with most of the celebrities that they have at, at these things now. And, you know, people, are, I know people are paying $100 plus for, for a lot of them. It's crazy. And, like, so this was, like, my thinking. Plus also, you know, poor, starving college student here. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're, we're evaluating, like, do we want to go? Because, like, we love the experience and everything. But just, like, paying the money to get in, we're like, we wouldn't have any money to do any of the things that we got in for. Right. You know? Right. Because, like, it's, yeah. it's expensive to get in. But then, you know, if you want to buy any stuff from the vendors, get any autographs, pictures, mm-hmm. like, it's all going to have a price tag on it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that was great that you got to um, get some free signatures with that. that oh, flyer, yeah. But. Yeah. No, and, and I didn't I didn't appreciate I mean, I, I appreciated it, but not as much as I do now because I right. realized that, <laughs> wow, that, that actually was kind of cool that, you know, they had a couple dozen people there that you recognize. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of them was somebody that maybe I'll – if we if we make a habit of me sharing my awkward celebrity experiences, um, I'll maybe I'll save this one for a future episode. But uh, yeah, but I mean it was it was really cool, and and I, you know, again being being a photographer, it's I, I kind of see the price of, price of admission as the opportunity to go, to go around and take pictures of some really you know interesting cosplayers and stuff like that. But totally. but yeah, I mean if you if you don't have that, then it's kind of well. Here's here's your entry fee. Now go spend a hundred bucks to have a forty five second encounter with a celebrity that you like or or, or something. And I don't know. I mean, because I've had friends who do this all the time. So anyway. Um, well, Josh, I hope we get to keep hearing about some of your weird celebrity encounters. I know you've hinted at a few with me, so I I right. look forward to hearing more of them. In the yeah, future. they keep they keep coming. They keep coming. <laughs> they keep coming. We'll have uh, new updates to to come. I'm sure. Um, oh, um, but I'm just thinking. You know, that's that's it for news. But um, it, it's kind of funny because we have this reverse issue uh, this week as opposed to our last episode, where there, well, last time there were no new releases really, but a lot of news. And now we have no news, but there actually are some yeah. new releases that kind of like sprung up out of nowhere, I feel like. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there are a couple of releases of note. I mean, one of them, you know, if I'm being honest, uh, I didn't cover when it initially was released, and so we're kind of catching up. Um, True. But, uh, but the, one, the one that we're going to talk about that is coming out this weekend is the new Clint Eastwood movie, which is crazy to say in 2021. Uh, right? You know, I was just thinking that, yeah. yeah uh, Cry Macho. Is, is what it's called, and he, you know, uh, directed it and produced it and, uh, of course, stars in the lead role. Um, now, the movie itself is named after a rooster, so um, the rooster is not the main character, but it is the name of the movie. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, no, I, and I wish, I wish I could just keep on laughing because, sadly, I was, I was, I, well, I don't know if I would say I was disappointed by this movie, but 
I, I was not, I didn't go in with super high expectations because I was a little suspicious and my suspicions were confirmed, sadly. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so this is, I really, I really like the setup and the premise for the movie. The, it's basically the story of a retired uh, horse trainer who is asked by his former employer to go, uh, they're in Texas, and he tells him to go down into, into Mexico and retrieve his, this, this boy. Um, so, so the employer, who's played by uh, Dwight Yoakam, who's an old country star, Oh, fun. Yeah, he so his son, he has he has a son. He's this he's this wealthy kind of sketchy guy, you know, so he's got a lot of power and a lot of wealth and he's, you know, had drama over the years and he has this teenage boy with a woman who lives in Mexico and and he tells Clint Eastwood's character that hey, you know, she's a bad influence, the boy's being abused, please go down to Mexico and bring my son back. And mm-hmm. and and so the premise is he, you know, uh, Mike is the protagonist's name. So, so, so Mike goes down to Mexico to find the kid, get him away from his mom, and bring him back to America. And so, so it's kind of this road trip movie, in, essentially. And I like the idea, um, and there are individual points in the movie that I did like Mm -hmm. the problem is that it should have been made 20 years ago and and I feel like such a heel for for saying this but the 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 hard thing is that that Clint Eastwood himself is just not believable in it, it, given given the the events of the plot and the behavior of the characters, it's like this would work if he was like seventy years old, but not ninety one. Mm, and he's 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 just yeah, it's just you know because there's it's not action packed. There's not a it's not like he's doing like crazy fight scenes or anything like that. But why are you asking a ninety year old to venture down to retrieve your son? And... Yeah, and and you know the the mother is kind of like. She's not. A, she's not a. She's not a. Uh, a crime lord or anything, but but she has like henchmen, right? And so she's she's wealthy herself, mm-hmm. and and so kind of like the the plausibility of all of this, it just doesn't really come together. One one of the things that just kind of threw me off was that, you know, so so Mike gets his his mission, and there's a quick scene of him crossing the border. And then the next cut is him in the town where the mom and the boy live. Mm-hmm. One thing leads to another, and they he gets the kid, and they're on their way back. And so you think, okay, well, based on what we've seen before, this shouldn't be a very long trip, right? Mm-hmm. But they spend weeks traveling back. And it's like, how long did it take? You know, where is this? This is – it just – I don't know. There were a lot of little things like that that just kind of threw me off. I mean, obviously, the, like the main story is the journey back. Yeah. But just – like the geography of it and the logistics of it in my mind I struggled with. And then it just, I don't know. Like I said, I, it, this makes me feel so bad because like, I love the fact that Clint Eastwood has been able to do so such cool stuff, 
so far, you know, into his career and into his life. Mm-hmm. But this, but this movie and this character just thinking, oh, this is just a mismatch because he, he just, it, it's too distracting and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's interesting. And so again, I, I, I really like the concept, but they're just problems. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so not the movie that I would hope for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's just what, what it is. Do, so, do you think you would, would have enjoyed the movie, like, just focusing on the story if someone else played the lead role? Or do you think there were just too many other problems, too? And I guess, well, the, so there were other problems. I mean, there, there were definitely problems with the story and with the acting and, mm-hmm. and certain performances and things like that, that, you know, just little, little details. You know, I mean, I guess this is a very minor spoiler, but when he goes to, to, to pick up the kid and he, he first just kind of talks to the mom, like the mom tries to seduce him. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? You know, and it's just, yeah. So it's, it's very, I don't know, because I think, again, 70-year-old Clint Eastwood, I think, would have been awesome in this and would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But but he's just a half step slow enough with this that it makes the actions of the other characters too unbelievable to really buy into. And and it's – so it's it's just bad timing because, I mean, there, obviously there are other characters – you know, there are other actors that I think would, this might work with. Mm-hmm. Um at least in that sense, because like I said, there were, there were other problems too. Um, You know, it's one of the, there's, there's a very long stretch of the movie. And that's another complaint that I've heard is it's kind of a slow movie. Um, But on their way back, they, they stop in kind of this small town and they wind up kind of like settling in for a couple of weeks. And, and Mike becomes a horse trainer again and, and stuff. And, and so considering how dangerous it has been to stop at other places along the way, you know, because of the, because of the police and because of the henchmen and, and who are on their trail, there's kind of this question like, why are you just arbitrarily stopping here? I mean, you have to get this kid to safety, right? Yeah. So keep moving. Like if it was me and, you know, my, my feeling would be, okay, I've, I've, got, I've got the kid let's just keep on driving until we get back to Texas. Right. I mean, that's, it, it seems like that would be the rationale is like, okay, we're not wasting any time here because we're in a dangerous situation. Yeah. But yeah. And so, but, but they just kind of take their time and, Oh, well let's, let's stop in on this town and see what's going on at the local restaurant. And like, <laughs> come on, like, like you just, you just escaped one of the, you know, one of the henchmen, like, yeah, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. So that's that. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely see though, why there's a lot of like confusing stuff and especially distracting, um, man, you know, I've only ever seen one Clint Eastwood film. One. I know. That's weird. Which one? Fistful of Dollars. Okay. Which that one was really fun. So like, I don't know how this would compare to all the rest of his acting, so I don't really have much to to, to judge because in that movie he's mostly just quiet and or fighting. So like, right. no, and and I mean, and I I have not seen. I mean, I'm trying to think of how many uh, 
I, I, I definitely have not seen all of his movies. Yeah. I've seen a, a number of his movies, uh, certainly enough to kind of recognize kind of, you know, because... And there's quite a, a few. Or, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's been making movies for <laughs> what, 60, 60 years now. It's true. Um, but I, I think that, you know, he's, he's kind of one of these stars that, you know, you could kind of say that, Clint Eastwood plays Clint Eastwood, right? Mm. Like there, there's, there's kind of a, a thing that he, that he does. And, and, and it was, you know, it, it, it started with those movies that you're referring to, like Fistful of Dollars and yeah. you know, Good, Bad and the Ugly and all that kind of thing. And yeah. so it's kind of like this silent, steely eyed, you know, old West character, which is great, you know? And, and I think, I think the movie that, that I enjoyed the most uh, was the original uh, Dirty Harry. Mm. You know, that, that one was actually, you know, because I, I had heard all the classic lines from it for years, you know, yeah. do you feel lunky punk and, <laughs> and all this kind of thing. So certainly this movie, uh, Cry Macho, he's a version of this character because he's still kind of wise and steely eyed and kind of somewhat menacing, but at 91, just not as much of a threat mm-hmm. and... And I don't know. I don't know. He's not trying to play the same characters, you know, the the man with no name from from those yeah those Sergio Leone uh, movies. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just making yeah. me think, like, you know, he. I think he as an actor, kind of like how you said, he kind of just plays himself. I think it's because like he is so iconic, right? And so I just wonder, like, right in the future, I think he could still do a lot with westerns, but maybe more mm-hmm. in like. The role that would kind of suit his age, so like you know, as the mentor character, which he kind of did with Million Dollar Baby, right? So like, yeah, playing that kind of no, role, and it, right? And I think I think that's what it is. It's just it's just a mismatched role mm-hmm. where I you know because he's certainly he's still a great actor. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean he, he's he's got a great presence and stuff. It's just you have to you know once once limitations start happening you just have to decide what to do and where and i just i just felt like this one was just asking a little too much to the point where it was distracting and then and then just with the other issues in the movie it just didn't add up to a you know a win it was yeah well, that's yeah. fair well there is a movie that i feel like was a win for this okay. week because I got I got to see um, Shang Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, and right. I wasn't going to see it because I'm boycotting Marvel right now, and I'm Ooh. trying to be stubborn about it. Like I still haven't seen Black Widow or anything like that because I'm just like, they're only going to keep making them if I give them my money. Because you no, know, this is, this is the first I've heard of this. Oh, really? Okay. Well, because because we've talked about. Marvel stuff and kind of the state of the Marvel universe, but I don't, I don't remember you actually saying that you were boycotting (laughs) the good, the good people of the Walt Disney slash Marvel. So uh, let's, let's hear about it. Well, it's just funny because like, this is a, it's, it is more of a recent thing because like what if came out and what if is the only Marvel show I haven't seen. So I feel like my boycott has kind of been word only for the most part Ah, because I, I, it's something that I say I'm going to do. But then I end up watching everything anyways. And then you go back. I know. I, I always come back for more. <laughs> no, it's true. And um, and as if my dollars are going to make a huge difference. 
but so I'm a total hypocrite with it. But um, Shang-Chi, like, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to see it. I'm like, it's just going to be another one of those movies that they're just, they're trying to make a movie for every possible character they can. Yeah. And um, that is definitely not what this movie was. So I'm glad I saw it anyways, because now, I, like, I, it might be my favorite Marvel movie right now. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love Captain America. I love everything they did there. Um, I just, you know, loved that. Um, but, like, it was still kind of a superhero movie in a way where it's like there's still mm-hmm. some cheesiness. Um, they, they did go, I don't know, I think they tried to add more nuance and complexity in the later films. But mm-hmm. by then, like, that Marvel fatigue is starting to come on. So, like, I definitely liked the first Captain America more than the other ones. Even though oh, yeah. I think the other ones had better storylines, you know? Gotcha. Um, but, like, this one, they're just... I think because they did something different, like, they added a lot of style. They actually created a really good score, which is a complaint that I've heard a lot with Marvel movies. Like, their music's kind of generic. This music was beautiful. And, you know, combining that superhero style with the martial arts thing, and I think they just had a really good director behind it who made sure the choreography plus the camera movement just married really well together. Like it was, it was such a fun experience. I loved seeing this movie. Did you get the chance to see it? I did. I saw it. I saw it yesterday afternoon and I, I'm still trying to decide if my reaction had more to do with the movie or with so so you you mentioned Marvel fatigue. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling just general superhero slash comic book movie fatigue. Oh, that's fair. Um, and and at the same time, acknowledging that I mean everything I see from Marvel is quote unquote good, right? There's there's always yeah. a there's always a standard of production, and I and I think that I kind of tie this into Disney for the most part as well, where you know you feel. Like you, you can reliably expect a quality production, right? Yeah. Um, whether or not it's something you want to see multiple times is is another question, and that's mm. that's the first thing I can say about Shang Chi is that even while watching it, I'm thinking this is fine. I don't think I'm going to be interested in seeing this again. Oh, and interesting. So, so it's so it's kind of already at that level for me. Um, yeah. I mean. So for, for for anyone who has not either already seen it or familiar with it, I mean, it, the basic premise is that you kind of have this this protagonist hero named Sean who, you know, he, he lives in San Francisco, but he's basically been in hiding because he is the son of this, this kind of this mystic uh, hero-type character who, well, actually, I'm not even sure hero is the right term. But it is, his father is the possessor of these these ten rings, which are kind of like bracelets, right? And they give you special mm-hmm. powers, and and uh, and so he's he's basically living in exile, and and this is the story of him reconnecting with his his past and going back to you know, uh, it's it's it, uh, I mean it's an origin story, right? Yeah. But. But and, and, and you kind of hinted at this in your comments earlier. What I think is really interesting about this movie and the thing that I 
I find most unique about it is that it's an attempt to take the, again, kind of the superhero comic book movie and blend it with the martial arts movie. Yeah. And, and in certain ways, I think that that's quite effective mm-hmm. and, and well done. I do think that the, it, I found it jarring sometimes when one scene would be kind of like your traditional Marvel, wisecracking characters, borderline <laughs> funny, and then you kind of have like the heavy melodramatic, uh, you know, magic and wonder of the martial arts genre like that. Mm. That didn't always fit together very yeah. well for me, and but. I don't know, and and I should I should say this first because I'm I'm watching the trailers beforehand, and you know as we've discussed before, I don't watch a lot of trailers, and so I was always <laughs> kind of annoyed by that. But I'm watching I'm watching the 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 trailer for the new Venom movie, and uh-huh. you know it's the one oh now they've got Woody Harrelson and he's going to play Carnage and, and and this, and I'm just looking at this trailer thinking it's just another one. It's yeah. a new bad guy. There's a new bad guy. There's some crazy CGI. They're going to have a fight at the end, and mm-hmm. that's it. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and so that's that's why I say like this this fatigue this burnout with, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I felt like I was I seeing a lot of that in Shang Chi as well. Now obviously like you felt there that was, okay because yeah. like for me I feel like that's why I liked it because it was so different like their narrative approach because they do a lot of jumping back and forth between the present and the past in yeah. a way where like you're slowly learning more about these characters and like i think the villain was actually very complex because it's his father right who has these 10 rings right but like the more you learn about the past the more you understand the present and um in my written review which you can check out on the utah.film website um i I talk a lot about that where um you know you feel for him but you also fear him and i i thought that was very interesting especially considering the culture and that might be another reason why I'm biased. Like, I love a lot of these actors. Like, Aquafina is probably my favorite actress. You no, know, she in was great right now. No, and that's uh, and yeah, we were we were we had kind of touched on this when we were kind of putting together our, our itinerary for today. But no, she was great. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed her. She's really funny. I've I've enjoyed her in everything that I've seen her in. Um, mm-hmm. The the actor who, oh, the protagonist, Sean. I don't have his name right in front of me. I, he didn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought, I thought that the character of his father was complex and interesting, like you say. Um, yeah. More, more interesting than most of the others. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess, I guess that, you know, kind of by the time we're getting into the third act and, okay, now here's going to be the big CGI showdown and, you know, without, that's true. They without, do do the CGI spoil- showdown. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it kind of turned into a Godzilla movie at the end there. And I just, you know, <laughs> it, it just, again, well, even, even little things like, you know, and, and I don't know, push pause if you don't want to hear a minor spoiler, but like, there's a, there's one point where they kind of do this, what's kind of becoming a cliched turnaround where one character says to another you know, we need to work together and do this. And the other one says, no, we will blah, blah, blah. And then something crazy happens. And the person immediately goes, 
okay, we'll work together, you know, and it's, it's supposed to be kind of like this funny, That's fair. it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know, so, so, so much of this, it's almost like the movie by itself, I think is fine, you know, and it's, again, it's really, really well produced and, and it's got some really spectacular CGI and, and, and yes, and some, some characters are interesting and, you know, bless her, Aquafina, you know, you want to put her in everything just because she's, she's fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But, but in the context of like my Marvel slash superhero movie fatigue, there's, and, and see, I, I actually came up with a metaphor for this. Finally, I finally, you know, and which, which isn't perfect, but I don't know. You've, you've seen all the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so you know how at the end of Return of the King, after the final battle and, you know, I guess 20 years ago, we can spoil this now. <laughs> the the ring is destroyed. What? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and S- Sauron, his, his eye explodes and all this kind of thing. That's the big finale. That's the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the movie goes on for like 20 minutes, half hour, and there's just like one additional vignette after another where, yeah. okay, now we're going to have like the celebration scene. Now we're going to have them back home trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Now we're going to have them leaving at the Grey Haven, you know, leaving mm, with, with yeah. the elves. And there's this and this and this. There's like five separate endings for that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and a lot of the the vibe I get from all of this post-Endgame stuff from Marvel feels like another superfluous mm. story where it's like, oh, that's fine. You know, because they, and again, I mean, maybe, you know, we're, we're in spoiler territory here <laughs> because there's, there's the bonus scene after Shang-Chi. Yeah. And, you know, cause it's, it's an origin story, right? So you know that, okay, well, the new hero is going to be ready. Good you know, off and running and all this kind of thing. And now we're going to kind of plug him into the, the greater MCU. And, and one of the characters is talking about, yep, it's a long journey ahead and, and a big road and all this. And I'm just kind of thinking, we just finished such a long road. Do we have to start another one? You know? It's, yeah. No, I, I will know. say I that the end credit scenes were, because there were two of them. Was there and, one at the very end? Because yeah, I didn't was, stick around. there was one. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I wasn't. There I was wasn't one at the very, around. very end, which I liked more than the other one. But oh, really? But even then, I wish they didn't do either. Where it's like, we're gonna see these things anyways soon. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the, these are because I mean, this movie is basically um, a launching point or a stepping stone for like the bigger next end game, right? Because um, yeah. I think that's what everything's working towards, which is why I feel that fatigue, where it's all like, I don't want to feel like I'm reading an entire textbook for one small test out of a whole course. Sure. Does that make sense? So, like, it's just, it feels like so much work to get that small amount of detail that's going to be the pieces I need for the big thing. But yeah. what I liked about this movie is I feel like it was good on its own. Um, I, I, I have to disagree with you a little bit. Like, I mean, I think you made some fair points about how there's some, like, cliches and everything, because, like, it is a Marvel movie. But I think they thought through some things, like, the cameos they had from other Marvel characters were really good. Like, there were some that, like, oh, it makes sense, because it's, like... Because, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of Doctor Strange connections, because, again, that whole, like, Eastern culture and magic, you know? So, of yeah. course, that's going to come in. But there's, like, one cameo, which... I mean, I, I don't know if it's a big surprise, so I don't want to say it, but that one, like, carried me through the entire second half. Oh, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. 
So, you know, there's stuff like that. But then there were also, like, a lot of good setups for, like, other, for, like, later jokes. So I like the ending scene where they're, like, you know, telling their friends about their adventures, which is exactly what happened at the start. Right, right. And so, like, everything came together nicely, I think, (laughs) setting up what their job uh, was. And a justification for underachieving slacker. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Young adults. I, I loved that. And maybe I connected a little too much to that. So maybe that was another thing where it's like, I really liked that. But, you know, that was a great setup and payoff. And there was a lot of good setup with, they, they worked as valet attendants before going on this crazy journey because they are slackers, right? But like driving actually comes back later. You know, I know what I mean? Danny, I, know Danny, I know Danny, but this is, this is my point though, is yeah. that they're... They're slacker, you know, parking attendants, but one of them just happens to be the offspring of a mystic warrior, thousand <laughs> years old, who has, and that's, I, I think the the simplest way that I would put it is that on its own, I think the movie is totally fine. Like, I don't call it a bad movie. I, yeah. There are some things I didn't like about it. There's some things I really did like about it. Mm-hmm. On its own, it's fine. It's it's the greater context that I'm just struggling with right now, which is just feeling yeah. like this is just, you know, and and w- without without going onto a full discussion of it, because I think we could. <laughs> um, we could. Uh, what Martin Scorsese said a while back about superhero movies not being cinema, and and the idea that you know there's there's just an inherent difference between kind of like the the large scale entertainment, you know, razzle-dazzle CGI on the big screen versus a more mm-hmm. meaningful film with with weight and with with consequences. And, yeah. you know, and just like, I, I enjoyed watching these characters when they were interacting. But once the fight started, it's just, okay, well, it's just more magic and nobody's going to die. Nobody's really going to get hurt. You know, mm. there's, it's kind of, nobody's going to die who you wouldn't think there's a decent chance that they, you know, could, right? Because, well, it's an origin story, and so we're setting up into a superhero, so we know this guy's safe, we know this person's safe, and and there's just, I don't know, after seeing so many of them, there's just this feeling like, you know, you know, again, like we have this big CGI battle scene at the end, and mm-hmm. the only people getting hurt are the people we don't know, right? The people that are kind of the the expendable borderline CGI characters themselves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then, and then there's, the, yeah, there is, there's one character who makes a, a sacrifice and stuff, but I don't know. I just, but that one was kind of predictable. Set up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so again, it's nothing that hasn't been according to formula and the formula yeah. has worked for a long time and will probably continue to work. Mm-hmm. But so, so that's why I say like in the greater context, I just kind of felt like, yeah, aside from, you know, kind of a couple things here and there, I just feel like I've seen this and it's not, I don't have any desire to see it again. And the, the good parts aren't enough to kind of make up for the fact that, I don't know, I'm just, you know, it just feels I'm, too I'm, much. I'm, I'm ready to, well, I'm just ready to take a break from the big, you know, the big new superhero movie that's coming out, and oh, now we're gonna have this character that you, you know, okay, all right. Yeah, no, and, and, so, and that, so that's, that's why... definitely been my been my struggle with it too, for sure. Yeah. So if we had more tragic deaths in Marvel movies, 
and well, higher stakes, maybe then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally, totally kidding. No, but wasn't wasn't that what made Endgame so good? Was that? Oh, that's a good point. There were actual sacrifices. You know, I mean, there from the time at the beginning of Infinity War when they killed Loki, and granted, Loki's died like three times. True. You know, there's there's the the level of tension is just not there most of the time because yeah. when you have like these these characters with with infinite powers that are just kind of like banging on each other right mm-hmm. what's going to happen nothing you know hulk hulk can come in and take loki at the end of the first avengers movie and smash him into the ground repeatedly and he's not dead he's just lying there in a daze and it's a joke yeah. right there are no yeah. stakes there's there's no you know, and so it's not that they have to kill everybody. It's just you have to feel like there's actual risk here. And and part of that, I think, is CGI. Part of it is the nature of superhero characters. But it just, yeah, I've just seen it so many times now that mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't engage me. And, yeah. and, and like I said, it's, it's not even just Shang-Chi by itself. Because by itself, I think it's, you know, as good as at least the you know, kind of the middle of the road Marvel movies of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, I think coming at this time and in this context, in the, in the aftermath of Endgame, it's, there's just kind of this feeling like, you know, I really, really enjoyed that first ride, but I, you know, I don't have it in me to do another 10 years, of, <laughs> especially when. I, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I still like it. I think it's because maybe we're wanting to see different things with Marvel. For me, it's more like the thought and the effort. Cause like, I think they did spend a lot of time um, with the choreography, especially like, I think maybe I'm just kind of annoyed with Falcon and Winter Soldier where like the fights were just like strong guy punch and then other strong guy punch. <laughs> and it was so lame, but like this one, like it was, it was beautiful. It was artistic. It was Great. really planned out. And I think the characters, they each and, had great arcs. So like, yeah. you know, they, they did something very unique here, but like, like you said, it has that Marvel style to it. So like, I think if you're getting tired of that style, it's not going to be as exciting as it was for me. Yeah. And, and, and to your, and to your credit, or, you know, to your point, I do think that if I was more of a fan of martial arts movies, mm. I would be more entertained by this because you're right. There's there's a lot of choreography. It's much more. It's it, instead of just kind of bang zoom pow. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's the the art of you know because because martial arts. I mean, is it, it reminds you of a dance as much of a as a fight. You know, I mean, just True. the the way that. You know, and, and so if I was more of a fan of those kind of movies, I think I would have enjoyed it more. I just, I, I personally, I appreciate that, but I don't really seek it out. That's fair. Um, you know, and I, I think that's that's another thing that kind of, you know, be easy to talk about after this movie is to think about, oh, well, how do you feel about martial arts movies? What are your favorites? What are your, mm. is this is this a, is this a genre that you're in? You know, because it, it sounds like, you know, I'm I'm familiar because I, I, I was thinking about this, and and it occurred to me that. You know, I've seen a lot of what would be considered like serious, you know, legitimate martial arts movies like, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and mm-hmm. Hero and, and you know, Hero's my other favorite. Ones. Yeah. And, and, and they are they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are wonderfully choreographed and 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 they are, you know, 
very much works of art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never really been my thing. Like I don't, I, I haven't rewatched any of them. I haven't sought out new ones. And and when I think about, you know, what's your favorite martial arts movie? The first thing I want to say is Karate Kid. You know, which <laughs> which, which to be fair, <laughs> right? Awesome. Which 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 is and is not a martial arts movie, right? It's very much it's, it's about you know the the style and, and a lot of the philosophies in there. But in terms of being like it's not hero, right? They're drastically yeah. different things. Yeah, he's not actually flying through the air or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, this standing it's, up sideways it's, on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> right. But but again, like the reason that I love Karate Kid is not because of the fight scenes, right? Those are mm. just kind of like ancillary. They're 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 just kind of move the plot along. It's yeah. the great characters and the story and the interaction and and the the humor and the way I relate to it and and so. Yeah. You know, because I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, oh, and then, you know, like Shanghai Noon was a lot of fun, but that's not really a traditional martial <laughs> arts movie either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought about the the biopic, the dragon, the Bruce Lee story was, was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the closest I came to a favorite, like, this is a more traditional martial arts movie was still a tribute to martial arts movies, because it was Kill Bill. It's like that's one that okay. Well, here you know they have a lot of, especially that that scene at the end of, the, of part one, very much a a tribute to nineteen yeah. seventies martial arts films, and and that's like the closest I came to finding one that was, you know, I don't know, like whatever, whatever hero and. And Crouching Tiger are that Karate Kid is not. I felt like Kill Bill was the closest I get to that mm-hmm. that area that I would consider like a favorite movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. I'm I'm super glad you brought up Kill Bill. Actually, like for me, at least recently, I've had so much interest in this um, like Asian culture and films kind of hitting Hollywood right now, and that's why I say like Aquafina. I just love her and everything she's in. Um, we yes. talked a little bit before about the farewell, which she was in. And oh my gosh! Yeah, that really showed her um, her acting chops there, like yeah. absolutely incredible. So, like, I mean, I I'm I'm with you. I haven't seen like a lot, but I've seen a lot of the influences, you know. And I think, uh-huh. um, you know, now we're recognizing a lot of these actors are super talented. Like, you can have a completely or almost completely. Um, Asian cast, and they can put on a great entertaining film, right? Um, yeah. We saw that with Crazy Rich Asians, and then, you know, just coming from there, like, we see so many more of them now, which is super exciting. Um, but, like, you know, there have been these influences for as long as films have been around, and something I found interesting as we were looking at the movies for this week with Cry Macho and Shang-Chi is that, like, um, especially, like, with Westerns, and these martial arts films, there's yeah, a lot of right. um, inspiration between the right. two. Like, um, you know, we'll come out with some Western, and that inspires some director in Japan. And then we see that, and then we get the Matrix over here. And vice versa, here. right? Yeah. Exactly. It works back and forth. So um, I, I've, I, I love the martial arts films, I think, in that way, where there's, there's a lot of history on both sides, a lot of influencing one another, taking bits and pieces. So I think Kill Bill was a, a great example of that chain, you know? Yeah. Well, because it, it, I mean, it, it had very explicit, you know, like there was, there's this 
old west cowboy aesthetic you know especially with like the flashback scenes to where you're saying like what what happened to the bride during her wedding and all this kind of thing and then you have you know even even david carradine's character was basically portrayed as a cowboy you know like kill bill is basically a cowboy and and yet you you also have lucy lou and the the crazy 88 and all this and and no i think i don't know I, it's really kind of funny to see how, how unintentionally, right? Because we didn't do this by design, but the, the, yeah. the two movies that we're focusing on really do have like this, this unique kind of sisterhood in terms of, you know, their genres. Because because Cry Macho doesn't really have any connection to, to Asian, you know, cinema or anything like that. But, yeah. but westerns, but westerns, and martial arts movies have like these really cool ties which is you know and again i think what was one of the fun things about about you know shanghai noon but mm-hmm. uh no the one the one that just that just occurred to me was uh um and regrettably i still haven't seen the movie that inspired this but i love uh one of my favorite westerns is uh the magnificent seven mm. and and that i believe you know and somebody can correct me if i'm wrong was a remake or an adaptation of the Seven Samurai, which I think was a Kurosawa film, if I want to it say it. Right. again, yeah. you know, tell me if I'm wrong. But, but yeah, I mean, and so and so, one going to the other and, and vice versa. You know, there's there's definitely this. You know, and of course, you know, I think we most of us know that Star Wars had a lot of inspiration from, you know, from Japanese and you know Asian movies and and things. So, it's it's kind of fun to see those those parallels and that's and that's why again that's that's why one of the things that i do respect and admire about shang chi is the way that it's taking that martial arts genre and and blending it into this other kind of superhero thing and Mm -hmm. it's maybe it's just that if i wasn't so burned out on superhero movies (laughs) and if i was if i was more into martial arts movies maybe i would have appreciated it more but yeah i don't yeah (laughs) so that's fair I think that's that's kind of where where that landed. But yeah. uh, maybe maybe we'll have to talk more about westerns sometime too, because I I actually just rewatched Silverado, um, which is one of the first westerns I ever saw, probably the first western I ever did see. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes sometimes you revisit a movie that you saw as a kid and you think, oh well, I just like that because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. <laughs> but uh, but this this was not one of those like Silverado, just a, such a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, well, I do have a Western to recommend for our oh, please. Utah movie highlight. Uh, That's right. We still episode. have to come up with a name for that. We still have well, to decide on a name. What are we going to call idea. this thing? Okay. Let's hear it. I was thinking we could do something like Utah road trip Okay. or it's like, maybe we can highlight where it was filmed and like when, and it's kind of like, you know, come along this trip with me back down memory lane. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's too cheesy. I don't well, know. Hey, I love I love the idea of a road trip. I could use one of those for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. We just, we'll get we'll get some we'll get some sponsors, and we'll uh, we'll turn these into like actual road trips, and <gasps> be so and fun. document where where things were filmed. That would be yeah. Well, have you ever seen um, the compilation of like pictures people took in the Utah locations, and then they'll hold up like a little snapshot in the picture of like the original 
uh, film. I've, like, se- I've seen people do that for different yeah. movies and in different locations. I, I, I don't know that I've seen specific Utah examples, but I've totally yeah, seen a, like... There's a whole one for Utah. It's so Kind cool. of a then and now, yeah. Yeah, so, um, no, it's super fun. So I, I think that was also kind of making me think of that, because I think people will sometimes go on trips, you know, just to see those original locations, right? Oh, yeah. No, I've I've done it with, you know, most... When I first would spend time in Chicago, I was always trying to find spots for the Blues Brothers. Oh, of course. You yeah, know, you got it. Yeah. Oh, um, and I, th- I think um, I'm maybe thinking Road Trip a little bit too because uh, the movie I have to recommend is about a very long trip. It's <laughs> um, called The Covered Wagon. It's a silent film from 1923. So it's you know, super old. And I watched it completely silent because on YouTube it's available, but they don't have like the original music that they had to play along with. So that was kind of a unique experience. Um, But it was a 90 90 minute film, so it wasn't too bad. It's, um, but you know, just thinking about all these movies and this discussion we're having on, on this history and the back and forth influences. um, This film was like Hollywood's first Western epic and it was huge. So this was kind of like that original, super American, pioneer kind of um, story. And it was the highest grossing film that year. Um, You know, it was just, it was big. And um, part of what was super crazy watching it was um, everything they did for the set. Like, they enlisted so many extras, including some um, actual Native Americans. And um, I think... Um, this film, of course, is kind of old, so there's some things that haven't <laughs> aged well, but it's funny because they haven't aged well, I think, in terms of accuracy, but it uh-huh. was never disrespectful. So these Native Americans were actually, like, like some would, like, attack, but, like, some would, like, help them out, and they would make deals with them and help them across the river, and um, they had some humor and personalities, like, um, you know, in a way where they weren't lesser than they were just like a part of the world so i thought that was really cool but of course like (laughs) and it was filmed in utah and it was filmed in utah exactly so um yeah it was filmed in garrison mostly and then um antelope island there's this famous buffalo herd scene which was another interesting thing that they did because like you know buffalo were kind of extinct right so they had a couple of them but then they also had statues, and they had them, like, they were moving them in a certain way, so it seemed like this huge herd, even though when this was filmed, um, yeah. they, they didn't have the amount that they needed to do it. But, yeah, they had so many animals. Uh, two horses, like, drowned during this big crossing oh, the geez. river scene. I know, like, this is a film that could not be made today, which is kind of fun, like, to have that many people and that many covered wagons, like, authentic ones, um, that many animals, like, it just, it'd be impossible <laughs> logistically now. So it's kind of fun to look back and see, you know, what they were able to do uniquely then. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I was reading a review and someone called the script predictable, which made me laugh because <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it was the first one to do this. So like yeah. every film copied this afterwards, but, <laughs> right, right. you know, you've, you've got the love triangle and the the sleazy fiance, but the dashing hero who suddenly comes into the heroine's life, and it's it's funky, but it was a really fun time. And to tie this into our discussion, this was the favorite film of um, the producer who created Godzilla, and he also produced a lot of uh, Kurosawa films. 
So it's, again, it's kind of that trading yeah. um, between cultures, right? That's very So, cool. yeah, I just wanted to, to highlight that one. Um, just kind of a fun film. So that's your homework oh, Very for the nice. Week. That's a great choice. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. I think we, uh, we covered some, some pretty exciting ground. Some pretty yeah. dynamic. We got uh, covered some good stuff, and uh, I don't know what's what's coming up. What are we looking forward to here? Um, hopefully, more news coming up. <laughs> uh, you feel news weeks. starved. Yeah, no. There's a there's a local film that's coming out um, that I want to touch on next time. Sounds um, good. That's a comedy about like COVID nineteen, kind of. And it, not in a way where it's laughing at the I was pandemic. Say, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it looks like, you know, just kind of funky sister road trip movie, actually, where um, they're out to save grandma during uh, the pandemic to take her from the nursing home and make sure she's safe at home. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, hopefully I'll see that by next time. Um, nice. New and, releases, and... I'm not sure. It might. It might just be a bunch of slasher films, like the next Halloween <laughs> movie and stuff like that. No, I know I know there's some bigger ones that are on the way. I'm, I can't remember the dates off the top of my head, but I know yeah. that, that that new Bond movie is supposed to finally come out, and I think you know, <gasps> oh, the, that's right. the, new, the new Venom movie, and and so so yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see what we get by our next episode. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. you can go and read Danny's. Uh, review of Shang Chi, and uh, you can just you can imagine what mine would say since I haven't <laughs> written anything. Um, I'll uh, I'll be I was debating about whether to write one up formally for Cry Macho, and we'll we'll see if I get to that. But uh, yeah, if enough. if you're listening to the podcast, you're getting basically what you would get from the written review for me. So yeah, same here. Yeah, well, thanks for spending time with us, and uh, be sure to. Uh, Give us some feedback. You got ideas for uh, how to name some of these crazy segment ideas we've got or maybe even suggestions for new ones or want to contribute your thoughts to anything we have discussed or if you want to just rip into me for hating on superhero movies and (laughs) all that stuff. Until then, have a good one.